0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Worship and Fellowship Church. I invite you to stand this morning and our call to worship comes from Psalm chapter 19. Notice as I read these words that creation pours forth speech yet has no words and yet we as human beings made in the image of God, we have words. Let's uh, hear this together, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's sing together a thousand hallelujahs.
1: Jesus this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs And and a
0: thousand and You may be seated.
2: In a couple seconds here, I'll invite you to pray with me. But before I do, I want to tell you about the style or the form of the prayer that we're using this morning. Uh, It's called the ACTS prayer. Some of you have heard of it before. Maybe you were taught it um, as a teenager or as a young adult. Um, I remember um, students in university learning this prayer form. Um, ACTS is an acronym that stands for Adoration, Confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, which is an old churchy word that means request for help. Uh, So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, or supplication. And it's a way of just kind of moving through prayer uh, with our God. And so as you pray with me this morning, I invite you to ponder the words and maybe even see if you can see the rhythm or the form in the words that are being prayed. Toward the end of the prayer, um, I will invite you into the Lord's Prayer, um, which will be up on the screen. But even if you're not looking, it's the one with the thighs and the thines. So there we go. <laughs> would, you, would you pray with me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we adore you, O oh God. You created us for communion with yourself. And when humanity broke that communion, you redeemed and restored us and welcomed us back into friendship with yourself. You are our closest friend. And communion with you is the richness of love and joy and wisdom and peace. And yet we confess that we struggle to connect, that sometimes our sin and brokenness leads us away from you, that sometimes we prioritize distractions and busyness over time with you, that sometimes we get bored, that sometimes we don't listen for or to your voice. But we are so thankful for the grace and the mercy that searches for us each day, that you insist on our redemption, that you insist on our restoration, and that you are always devising ways to bring us back to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to love you and others. Help us to find a light in communion with you and your people. Help us to seek you and to seek the welfare of others. Help us to know you and make you known.
3: We can sing of our need for God because God has been our reliable savior and has acted first in bringing us into communion with him. And one of the best places we can celebrate that is here at the baptismal font, where we will celebrate a baptism this morning. Before we do that, though, I'd like to invite the children to come up to the front and get a close-up view of what's about to happen. So if you are a child or a child at heart, I invite you to come forward and and gather with me right here on the front. Uh, Penelope, you are the perfect person to be up here. I'm glad that you're here. Give me five. Come on up, guys. And I encourage you while you're coming up here to come find one of these bowls and touch the water that's in the bowl. You can even splash and make a little bit of a mess. Feel the water in there. And tell me when you're feeling that water, what are some of the things that you do when you touch or what are some of the things we use water for? Can anybody think of? The toilet. The toilet. That's right. (laughs) Yes. We use the water in the (laughs) toilet. That is one thing. What? What else? In the bathtub? That's right, the bathtub. We, we get cleaned up in the bathtub. What else do we do? In- we wash our hands with water. We drink it. That's right. We use it for the sink. We use it for the sink. And for washing dishes. That, you guys are so good at thinking of the reasons we use water. And this morning, we are going to use water as a symbol, as a, a sacrament to remind us of what God has done for us. Uh, and water is a perfect example because we say some words every time we have a baptism about what water does, not only in our everyday life, but also in our spiritual life. Can you guys help me say these words? If you can read, they're going to be on the screen, I think, but we're going to say the words in white and everybody else in the congregation is going to say the words in yellow. Okay, So if you, the kids can help me read the words in white. Water cleanses, water purifies, water refreshes, and water sustains. Jesus Christ is the living water. You guys can have a seat now, and you're gonna watch as we uh, are gonna baptize uh, Colton and Penelope. You can stay right here if you want. You can watch from right here if you want, or you can stay stay here, or you can go with your parents, either way. But when we we have a baptism, we uh, remind ourselves with this water that you touched that Jesus does something for us, does multiple things, at least five things we say uh, at our church that Jesus washes and cleanses us just like the bathtub that you guys mentioned of our sins and makes us able to be in relationship with God. And so the second thing that baptism reminds us is that that God has united us with Jesus Christ, that we are one with him, that when God sees us, he actually sees not just us, but sees Jesus in us. And the third thing that uh, we say that baptism does is that baptism helps us to be adopted into the family of God. The, church, the people that are here with us. And the fourth thing it reminds us is that the Spirit uh, is with us, that the Holy Spirit is sent to us, and it is is in our hearts. It resides inside of us, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. And the fifth thing that baptism reminds us is that we one day will be ultimately reunited with Jesus in our full resurrection. The water cleanses, it cleans us, it refreshes, it makes us well, it purifies, it makes us right with God and, and in one unity with God, and it sustains us by the power of the Spirit. You can fit your whole fist in there. That's awesome. So uh, our elder, Sherry Graham, is going to introduce the family uh, that is going to be baptized, and you guys can all have a seat now if you want to just take a seat right here, or you can go sit down with your parents. Just sit on the floor. That's great. And uh, I'll invite uh, the uh, Penelope and Colton and their parents to come on up this way with me.
0: Good morning. On behalf of the Board of Elders, the Fellowship Church, and with great joy, I present to you Dustin and Katie. There they are. And um, Colton, who is nine years old, and Penelope, who is six years old, for baptism.
3: Yay.
2: We are super excited to celebrate this moment with your family, Um, and as is custom when we celebrate baptism, uh, we recognize it as a covenant, as a sacrament, um, something that we uh, make commitments for, um, especially when little people are involved, Um, and so we're going to invite you to make some commitments as a family, and we're also going to invite the congregation eventually to make some commitments, too. Uh, so the words will be up on the screen and also the response, too, just in case you, you forgot. So <laughs> uh, so first, uh, Dustin, Katie, Colton, and Penelope, do you acknowledge today the love of God, a love that has gone before us, continually surrounds us, and cannot be taken from us? If you do, say, I do. Yeah. Um, And then secondly, do you renounce sin and the power of evil in your life and in the world? If you do, say, I renounce them. them. Yeah. And thirdly, who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior if he's your Lord and Savior. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, And then lastly, do you promise in your hearts and in your homes to celebrate the truth of God's word? to seek salvation through Jesus Christ alone, to pray for one another, and do you promise to lift high the way of Jesus in your words and your deeds through worship and in the nurture of the church? If you do, say, I do, and I ask God to help me. Awesome. And then, congregation, if you could please stand and join, join these folks here. Uh, so your words of promise on the screen. This is your commitment to God and also your commitment to this family and particularly these little ones here. Uh, So join me in the words in the screen in unison. As a covenant community called Fellowship Church, we promise to love, encourage, and support this family by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family and fellowship prayer, and in service. Awesome. Thanks. You may have
4: a seat. All right, Brother Colton, you're going to go first because you're a big brother. Is that okay? But before <laughs> we do that, we're going to turn and look because on the screen, we have a verse that has been selected for you. It's from 1 Corinthians, your baptism verse. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, okay? So friend, I wanna tell you one of the great, great truths of life in this world. It is that you, Colton, are God's beloved and the savior of the world knows your name. In fact, it was for you that Jesus Christ came into this world. It was for you that he lived and died and rose from the dead and conquered death. And so it's true that when we say to God that we love you, it's because God has loved us first, Okay, I'm going to put a lot of water on your head. Okay, Okay. Colton, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son Mm. and of the Holy Spirit. Got him, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the family.
2: (laughs) And Penelope, last but certainly not least, um, Penelope, if you look at the screen, you will see the verse that your family selected for you. And it's from Deuteronomy 31 and six. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God will be with you and he will neither fail you nor forsake you. And so Penelope, as with your older brother, so also with you, you are God's beloved daughter. In fact, it is also for you that Christ came into the world It is for you that Christ lived. It is for you that Christ died. It is for you that Christ conquered death. And even though you may not understand all of what that means right now, um, your God loves you so, so incredibly much. It is true what the scriptures say. We are able to love God and love other people because our God first loved us, which means he loved you. So Penelope, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to the family.
3: In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I declare that Colton and Penelope are God's own and are now received into the visible membership of the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church and are God's newest baptized members of Fellowship Church. Let's join together once again in blessing them as they head down.
0: friends, in response to what we have seen here in a world where loneliness and isolation and lack of true belonging is an epidemic, we find comfort that we belong first and foremost to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we belong in community with one another. Would you stand and let's sing together, I Am Not My Own. children of God, it is because of Jesus's life, his death, and his resurrection that we have peace with God and with one another. The peace of Christ be with you. As you are comfortable, I invite you to share a sign of that peace with your neighbor.
3: Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. It's good to be together and worshiping with you. My name is Nate Skipper and I am one of the pastors here at Fellowship where our mission is to love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ and focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. If you are new or visiting with us, welcome. We're glad you're here. You can fill out one of these connection cards uh, if you want to make yourself known to us. Uh, There's a a link in the bulletin, but there's also some paper copies uh, at the Welcome Center and at the back of the sanctuary. Just a couple of things for you this morning. One is that it's felt a little bit like a bus depot here at Fellowship Church the last couple of weeks because we got people coming in in and out and pastors coming in and out. And we've had a couple of youth trips uh, this past week. Uh, Our middle schoolers were out in the uh, Smoky Mountains on the east side of the state, uh, doing our east side of the country uh, at a missions conference. And our high schoolers were out in the Smoky Mountains, or Rocky Mountains. Thank you. Uh, The Rocky Mountains on the other side of the country. uh, And they both have returned this week. We're grateful for some really cool and meaningful experiences for our young people. And tomorrow, uh, another group of middle schoolers is going to go do a service week in Chicagoland. Uh, And so we're really grateful for these opportunities for our students. And and you'll be hearing more uh, of those testimonies and stories of what God did through those experiences couple things just to highlight in the bulletin. Uh, One is is that we have a wonder and worship walk this afternoon. And then number two is that there is uh, our meet up and eat up, our annual tradition of uh, going uh, to uh, a a local community, uh, the migrant community, and doing some meet up and eat up work with them. Uh, And so you can take part in that by signing up uh, in the bulletin. And whatever we do, uh, we do it uh, in Jesus' name, obviously, but we do it in part because uh, uh, we seek to make this world a better place. And one of the ways in which we do that is uh, by sharing uh, in our, our, our tithes and our offerings uh, so that we might participate in God's work. It's a, a formative act for us and for our community and for the, for the sake of the world. Uh, so if you want to take part in that, you can do that with the, bullet, the bowls at the back of the sanctuary or by giving online. There's a link for that in the bulletin as well. We will now continue in worship uh, through this song.
1: The kingdom is coming
4: Thank you, band. That song is funky. Come on. <laughs> and today's sermon is actually a little funky as well. It's an out-of-the-box try, so I hope that you'll join me in it. You may have noticed in the bulletin that today's sermon is called the prayerometer, or the prayer ometer. And that is my hope to explore with you this morning a few different modes of prayer, or a few different answers to the question: Why pray? But before we get there, I'll remind you, or if you're new with us this morning, we're in a series this summer called Letters from Home, whereby we're exploring the New Testament epistles. Uh, and this is the week in which we turn to First and Second Thessalonians. If you'd like an overview of that, uh, those two books, you can grab one of our New Testament postcards and even join in on the weekly reading ahead and take in the whole books uh, on your own. But today, rather than focusing on the whole I want to pluck out just one word from those two books, and the word of the day today is pray. Pray. In Thessalonians, that word pray appears eight times, and even more particularly, it is in the books of Thessalonians, or Thessalonians chapter five, where we get the high challenge to us Christians to pray without ceasing. That wonderful little line appears near the end of chapter five of 1 Thessalonians, where it is a kind of crescendo, where Paul, who is typically the king of run-on sentences, actually puts the fewest words in the most verses in the entire Bible. So I invite you to hear the word of the Lord from the book that we love, 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 19, where it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think if you went out and asked almost anybody what are the most basics, the fundamentals of living the Christian life, you might hear them say something like this go to church, read your Bible, and pray. And Thessalonians is the book that gives us that line most succinctly, the invitation to pray without ceasing. Does anybody do that? Is that even possible? As I've noodled on this particular line this past week, I've had a lot of sympathy for how many of us Christians have guilt around our prayer life, where we often feel like we're not doing it often enough or well enough. And today is not that kind of a guilt-ridden sermon. I want to instead consider with you the prayer life as an invitation into the good life. And hopefully this will be more of an adventure for us to try to live out that very text. That brings us to the prayerometer, okay? Okay. We have an image of that up here on the screen for you. And on each notch of this prayerometer that I have, I'm going to suggest a song, a famous song, that is intended to be a soul-stirring and life-giving kind of song for us. Maybe we don't have it in the back. Are we okay, Bob? (laughs) It's working on it. I've got some songs I'm going to play for you. Country, rock, pop, And Christian, for lack of a better term. And you may not like all four of them, but I'm hoping you'll like at least one of them. Let's start at the top. The first and most natural mode of praying, the most primal, the most human reason that we might pray is the prayer of desperation, or you might also call it deep desire. Sometimes, and we maybe know this all too well, sometimes we pray because we really, really want to or because we really need to because it's the most natural thing to do in some particular situations of life. Prayer at that level is almost guttural for us. When we are terribly afraid, we pray. When athletes really, really wanna win, they pray. When we need a cure but don't have one, we pray. When we're in deep, deep trouble and we know it, we pray. When we take a great big risk and really hope that it works out, we might also pray. This, I think, is a common human truth. If the times are tough enough, we'll take help from anywhere we can get it, won't we? Even an atheist will pray if they're desperate enough. Similarly, if we want something bad enough, we'll tell everybody about it, including even God, through prayer. Now, the downside of this kind of praying, this prayer of desperation, is that we can begin to treat God like a dispenser of goods and services, like a genie in a bottle. And of course, we know God wants us to pray, but I think it's good for us to admit that sometimes in our prayers of desperation, we begin to act almost as if we are God, and God is our cosmic butler. On this point, I love the advice of an old friend named Craig. Craig is a self-professed, simple man who lives by the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, silly. (laughs) About prayer, Craig says, I just tell God what I want. He already knows anyways. And then I trust God to do what's best. It's not a bad way to approach prayer. I tell God what I want, and I trust God to do what's best. Perhaps the most crude example of this kind of prayer of desperation in our scriptures comes to us in Psalm 137. Maybe you know it. It's not famous, actually. It's, the backstory is that God's people, the Israelites, have been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, and these Babylonians are treating them terribly. They are their captors. They have taken them to some river and they are now forcing them to sing their songs of prayer and praise. And they are to sing them in front of their, their captors, their tormentors, and they sing them to jeers and sneers and mockery. The end of that particular Psalm, Psalm 137, is where the Israelites say of the Babylonians, blessed are those who take your babies and dash them against the rocks. Ugh. If there's ever been a prayer of desperation, that one is probably it. Thanks be to God, God doesn't always answer our prayers, right? Think for a minute about some of the prayers you prayed, perhaps when you were a teenage girl or a high school boy or even last week. Thanks be to God, God doesn't always answer our prayers. Thanks be to God, God is God and I am not brings me to the first prayer song I want to introduce for you this morning. It's a raw cut of a Garth Brooks concert that's taking place at LSU, Louisiana State University, Tiger Stadium, 100,000 people strong, and they are singing together a song called Unanswered Prayer. Please do notice that the song is sung by the masses, by all humanity, because prayer is first and foremost human. Take a listen.
1: Cause she was the one I've been one for all time Each guy that's been praying That God would make her mine And if he don't only grant me This miss I wish I'd be I am never asked for anything
4: Even if you don't like country music, hopefully you can see it's pretty cool. That many people singing a song prayer. And I think the truth is that when we care deeply, we pray naturally. And God wants to hear our prayers. God wants to hear the cries of our hearts. You can pour out your guts to God. And God will sort it out. And we might find along the way sometimes that some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That's desperation. The second level on the prayer that I want to suggest to you this morning, the second reason we might pray is the prayer of obedience or the prayer of discipline. You may notice that desperation will only get us so far if we're seeking to pray without ceasing. Unless your life is a total train wreck, we need something more than just desperation to get us praying. And this second level of prayer is where we learn to pray even when we don't feel like it. So you might set your alarm to wake up a little bit earlier in the morning before the day starts so that you can start it first with God in prayer. You might make it a habit to pray before every single meal. In our denomination, in the RCA, it's our polity, it's a rule. We have to pray before every meeting, and that's a good thing. You might even use technology nowadays. You could ask Siri or Alexa or Google to remind you at some time throughout the day to turn to God in prayer At this level on the prayerometer, we're reminded of a deep truth. We first make our habits, and then our habits make us. And I do hope that you notice also at this point that the reason for praying has shifted a little bit. The why for praying is a little different here. On level one, we pray desperately, hoping that prayer changes things. But here now, we pray not only because prayer, prayer might change things, but also because prayer changes me. Think about it. If, even if God doesn't answer all of my prayers just the way that I want, the act of praying still changes me. Why? Because without prayer, it's just me and my circumstances, and that can be highly anxious. When I pray, I put God between me and my circumstances, And that changes me. That changes my view. That changes my experience of the circumstances, even if it doesn't change the circumstances. Prayer changes me. On this level, some of you might be thinking, well, okay, fine. If I'm gonna make prayer a habit, if I'm gonna pray regularly, what am I gonna say? I don't have that many words. What do I do? This is where I think that Eugene Peterson offers to us some great advice when he says, pray borrowed prayers. Pray borrowed prayers. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's already been given to us. We have a full book of scriptures and most especially 150 Psalms right smack in the middle, which we are inv- invited to pray back to God. When we don't know what to say, we can certainly turn there. One of my favorite examples of doing this very thing is the, is the, uh, the band U2, lead singer Bono. And here's an image of actually Bono sitting down at a table with Eugene Peterson, and they are literally talking in that moment about praying borrowed prayers. The second prayer song that I want to share with you today is from that very band. It is the U2 version of Psalm 40. Of course, it's sung on national stage, worldwide, amphitheaters, and more, but it's a great song, prayer. Take a listen. we mm-hmm. you can see it, that is a song, a prayer song that is both disciplined and passionate. It's disciplined. It's a borrowed prayer. I waited patiently for the Lord and it's passionate. He's singing in front on the world stage saying, how long? Oh God. Pretty cool. The third answer, level three prayer that I want to suggest to you this morning. The third answer to why pray is more than just Words. It's life action offered back to God as a prayer. You see, we can't always be idle. We can't always only be talking or listening. And Thessalonians is particularly the book, by the way, you'll find if you go and read it, Thessalonians is against idleness. It's against the idler. Get going, is what it says, basically. On level three, we seek to do God's will as partnership through prayer soaked deeds. It'd be odd, for example, for me to pray that God would love my neighbor for me. That's my job. God has already given it to me. It would also be odd to only pray that God would feed the hungry or lift up the downtrodden. God has commanded us to do that. We can pray about it, but we also ought to do something about it. There's lots of things that we could turn to God and pray for, but often we already know God's will And the invitation is just go and do it and offer our deeds as a kind of prayer action. So if the first reason to pray is because prayer changes things, the second reason to pray is because prayer changes me. This third reason to pray is to unite your prayers with your actions and to go out and be the change that you hope to see in the world. The advice of a wise teacher, Adele Elberg Calhoun, says that part of a robust praying life includes responding to the various invitations given to us by God to go and do something, to speak up, or to shut up, or to fess up, to get going. I think it's uh, the farmers who actually understand the nature of this divine human relationship, this praying, working uh, partnership that we have with God. Farmers know it best, don't they? Farmer knows that they are completely dependent on God and therefore must pray for sunshine and for rain and for photosynthesis to work. But they also know that it would be absurd to pray that God would plow the field, plant the seed and harvest the crop. That's their job to do. The partnership ends up being this mixture of uniting our working life with our praying life actively doing God's will and praying that God would bring the fruit. Which brings me to the third prayer song that I want to share with you this morning. This one's a little cheesy, but also powerful. It's called We Are the World. It's been done twice. The first time it was done in the 80s for Africa against AIDS. The second time it was done in 2010 for an earthquake that happened in Haiti. I want you to notice these are famous musicians. You'll recognize some of them, but they're basically offering up a prayer song that our actions would truly matter in the world. Take a listen. (laughs) ¶¶
1: comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the world must come together as one, there are people dying, oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life, the greatest gift of all, we can't go on. Pretending day by day that someone somehow will soon make a change. We are all a part of God's great big family, and it's true. You know, love is so weak.
4: You get the idea. I mean, come on, it's Michael Jackson and Bieber and Tony Bennett right there, right? (laughs) How fun. But importantly, we can turn our actions into prayers, and it matters in this world. Level four prayer that I want to suggest today. This is by all means not exhaustive. But the fourth reason to the question why pray is less about getting results and more about fellowship with God. It's to sit on God's lap and enjoy God's good company. Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You'll notice it doesn't say, after God gives you everything you want, then you'll take delight in God. It says, delight in God first and you'll be satisfied. Some folks call this final stage of prayer practicing the presence of God or even breath prayer. And I wanna remind you fascinatingly in the Old Testament, We've talked about this before, but in Exodus chapter 3, when God is interacting with Moses and Moses finally asks for God's name and God gives it, God's name actually turns out to be the sound of our own breathing. It's four letters in Hebrew that you can see there up on the screen. On the next slide. Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh. There we go. Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh. The sound of God's own name is the sound of our own breathing, which would suggest that as long as we are breathing, as long as we are alive, we are basically praying God's name. All of life ends up, therefore, being a prayer to God. And when we stop praying, we stop living. Pretty cool thing. Some of you are thinking, well, Ross, this feels like cheating. And I agree because it seems that prayer needs to be conscious, doesn't it, right? We should actually actively be choosing this very thing. And I think that that's true. We can't enjoy fellowship with God. We can't have a conver- conversation or relationship with God if we're unconscious of the fellowship that is happening. And so the invitation of this fourth level of prayer is actually to be continually waking up to what already and always is so, that life is a prayer and that all of life is centered in Christ. The last prayer song that I want to share with you this morning is about just that. It's about helping us realize that we are in Christ and Christ is all around us always. It's from Dwight Beale, a song called The Hymn of St. Patrick. Take a listen. that makes you want to go out and find that song and listen to it the whole way through. Let's just review a minute. Friends, can we pray in desperate times that prayer will change things? Yes, absolutely. Should we make our prayers into a discipline and a habit and find by experience that prayer changes me? Yes, please do it. Can we go from this place and turn our deeds into prayers hoping to be the change that we want to see in the world? Yes, please do. And finally, can we pursue an ever-increasing awareness of prayer as fellowship with God, the great, great joy of all of life? Yes, absolutely. As we do these things, I think we'll go and find that it is increasingly possible and all the more enjoyable to pray without ceasing the great adventure of all of our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit men
0: Friends, what better way to respond than singing the words that Jesus taught us to pray to our Father who art in heaven? Uh, This one's without the bees and the vines, but I invite you to stand. It's got a little bit of a funky vibe. I guess that's the theme of the morning. And if you learn best by reading music, we did provide some um, with the bulletins, so hopefully you snagged one of those. Um, And if you don't want to sing along, just clap along with us. That's another way to participate.
1: Okay, don't come
4: Friends, as you go from this place to be increasingly a people who pray without ceasing, prayers of desperation, prayers of discipline, prayers of participation, and prayers of fellowship, I invite you to hear these words from the book of Thessalonians as a sending word today. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. Friends, go in peace.